I want to talk about getting ready for victory. Getting ready for victory. Um, how many know that being prepared for anything in life is essential if you want to succeed? If you're looking for a job, you have to be prepared. You can't just show up and say, take the ad down, here I am. Not going to work that way. And they're going to think, really? Well, why is that? And you're going to have to come up with something. Oh, just because I've got a great personality. Probably isn't going to cut it. When you're getting ready to take a test, as Natalie can attest to, you have to be prepared. When you're getting ready to cook a meal, you have to be prepared. Anybody ever taken a test in any of your scholastic endeavors in the past and realized, I should have studied a whole lot more? Um, or when you're getting ready to cook a meal and you've, you've already started it and then you didn't check if you had all the ingredients and then halfway through mixing everything together you realized, I need to go to the store because I got part of the stuff already mixed together. Yeah, after having done that a few times, I've learned to get all the ingredients out just to survey to make sure everything's there. Failure to prepare properly causes disappointment, anxiety, and frustration. And the examples that I mentioned are, are things in the natural that we have to deal with, but however many times they do and they affect uh, our, our emotions and our spirit by failing to prepare spiritually. If you want to get ready for victory in your life, you must first prepare your heart. You have to get ready for victory, making sure that everything is okay between you and the Lord. That's the first step. We've talked about this before. You've got to make sure that you're in right standing with God, that everything is right on the inside in your heart toward the Lord. Once you've done that, then we know that ultimate victory really then rests with the Lord. I want to look at this verse, Proverbs 21, verse 31. It says, The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. The Amplified Version says this, The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance and victory belong to the Lord. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance and victory belong to the Lord. That's the Amplified Version. God brings the ultimate victory and deliverance, but the horse, if you will, is ours to prepare. As Journey would say, the horsey. The horse is ours to prepare. And you're thinking, Pastor, I don't know anything about horses. Well, I'm going to tell you a few things about horses. The horse is an emblem of military power and activity. To the earlier Jews who were unaccustomed to its use and even forbidden to employ it, the horse and horse-drawn chariots were objects of extreme terror. From Eat, uh, and Solomon, uh, Solomon largely imported them from Egypt, and these animals were used exclusively for war 
And at, at this time, and their services were never applied to agricultural purposes. They had different animals for that, but they used horses for war and for battle. This proverb asserts that though all preparations are made for the battle, the material forces are the best and, strong, and strongest description, but victory rests with the Lord. Psalm 20 and 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust... In the name of the Lord our God. There's some people who put their trust in the natural things, the things that they can see. But the biggest part of getting ready for victory is making sure that first and foremost, we put our trust in the Lord. Psalm 43 and 5 says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. You see, getting ready for victory means that especially when you're down, and that's what David was, he was talking to himself, he's like, Self, why are you feeling this way? Why are you so downcast? Why are you so, you feel defeated? Have you ever felt defeated? You ever felt like you just pushed down? You felt like everything's just been piled on top of you? And David felt this way, and he said, Self, you've got to stop this and you've got to put your hope in God. For yet, in spite of all this, I will praise Him because He's my Savior and He's my God. So getting ready for victory means that especially when you're down. Oh, especially when you're down. Those are going to be, that's going to be the one of the times when I said, when you don't feel like praising the Lord because all this other stuff is just piled on top of you, that's exactly when you need to praise the Lord, when you're feeling anxious, when you're feeling worried, when you're feeling frustrated. Turn all that junk off that you're filling your mind and your spirit with. Get into the Word of God. Put on some godly Christian music. Begin to praise the Lord and begin to stop thinking about what, what you're dealing with and then start praising Him, and then before long, you're thinking, you know, that other stuff doesn't seem quite as bad because I know that He's my Savior and my God. If you feel depressed, your overwhelming anxiety, put your hope in God. This is making sure, part of making sure that your horse is ready for the day of battle. In Psalm 21 and 31, the, the message version says, Do your best. Prepare for the worst, then trust God to bring victory. Do your best, prepare the worst, then trust God to bring victory. When somebody says, I've absolutely done my best, there's no better that you can do. When you know that you have absolutely done your best, there's nothing else that you can do. You've done your best. But you have to prepare for the worst. Then put your trust in God. Psalm 33, 16 and 17 says, No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. There are people that put their hope and their trust in the horse. I've prepared the horse. It's all ready for battle. And because of the horse, I'm going to get deliverance. But this scripture says, despite all the great strength that's in the horse, 
It cannot save. Because the victory doesn't rest with the horse. Yes, the horse must be prepared, but our trust can't ever be in the horse. Our trust has to be in the one that can save, which is the Lord our God through Jesus Christ. That's where our trust and our hope has to be. As you make preparations for the battle, you get your horse ready for battle, getting everything within you, looking toward the Lord, you do the three things that we've talked about for years that will help you make the proper preparations. You pray, you read your Bible, you go to church, you do those three things as often as you possibly can because that will keep you stronger in your faith and it will make you have the ability to get your horse ready because what happens is when you... uh, what happens is you know you've got to get your horse ready you know you've got to make preparations you know things aren't going so well and before long you're thinking what's the use I'm not even going to go to the stable I'm not even going to go look at the horse because I'm just going it's just I'm just going to give up You've got to get ready for victory because the Lord your God didn't make His people to be defeated. We walk around in defeat and that is so against everything that the Lord wants for our lives. We talked about it. We are more than conquerors. And we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ because He loved us so much. He didn't love us to leave us. Jesus said, I'll be with you all the way, even into the end of the age, even to the end of the world. You can do everything you can to get yourself ready, but then realize that you cannot put your hope in your own abilities. That's what the world has done. They've tried to leave God out of the equation and they think, I'll just prepare and I'll make everything the way that that it's supposed to be and I'll trust in my abilities. I'll trust the system. I'll trust in what I know. Can I tell you that the God who is unknown to most, but He is known to those who love Him because He loved us first and we realize that we have one up on everybody else who doesn't look to Him because we know better We know that we can look to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and Jesus is His name and He has the ability to give us the victory. Verse 18 continues, Psalm 33, But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear Him, on those whose hope is in His unfailing love. You get this, church? Our our hope is in His unfailing love. Verse 19 says, to deliver them from death and to keep them alive in famine. You realize that you may be physically, emotionally, and in otherwise destitute in some way. You may be uh, diminished or repleted from all energy or from all ability that you have, but in the midst of a drought, in the midst of a famine, in the midst of when nothing else seems to be around, He is the one that keeps us alive in the famine. Verse 20 says, We wait in hope for the Lord, for He he is our help and our shield. He is our help and our shield. A shield is something that you stand behind. You put something between you and the attacker. And He is that. He comes between us and the attack and the attacker. 
In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, even as we put our hope in you. Do you get it, church? Part of getting ready for victory, the biggest part of getting ready for victory is not getting the natural things ready, but getting our hearts ready, getting ourselves ready, knowing that we have put our hope and our trust in the Lord. Again, our, our text, Psalm 21, 31, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. The horse is prepared for battle, but the out-of-shape soldier who can't shoot, follow instructions, and perform his warrior task in battle can't claim half of that Bible verse for himself or herself. He is instructed by King Solomon to prepare himself and his horse, his equipment for battle. The student who hasn't prepared for the examination doesn't say, victory is of the Lord. Oh, well, the Lord will take care of me, but I'm going to be lazy about it. I'm not going to prepare. I'm not going to do the things that I know to do. I'm just going to blindly trust the Lord. Now, I, I believe there's a time when we have to blindly trust the Lord, but it's, it doesn't apply in this case. It doesn't apply in this case. Well, I'm just going to meander through life and I'm just going to trust the Lord. And, you know, I'm just going to live carefree. I'm not, I'm not going to do much. But to whom much is given, much is required. We're responsible for what we know. The born-again believer who gets advanced notice that a tropical storm is coming doesn't declare God is sovereign and his safety belongs to the Lord without and he doesn't prepare for the storm. That makes absolutely no sense. There's a storm coming. I'm going to sit out on my front porch and I'm going to say, God's going to take care of it. That's idiotic. It's crazy. But yet there are some people who live their lives in such a way. They say they trust the Lord, but they're spiritually lazy because they don't do the preparations of the things that they have the ability to do. How many know that God did not call us to be lazy? There are certain requirements and certain things that He expects us to do and certain things that He wants us to do. And God's promises are conditional. He said, if you do this, I will do that. It's full of The Scriptures are full of these examples. He prepares and he prepares and he prepares for the storm. He stockpiles potable water, buys extra food, covers the windows and brings that in which he doesn't want to blow away from the outside. He does all he can to prepare for the storm and then bows the knee to the sovereign God of the universe and says, Lord, victory is yours. I've done everything that I know that I can do. Our victory will come and we can rest assured that because we are children of God in this passage, God tells us to do everything that we can do to prepare. Be encouraged. Do all that you can. Don't let worry immobilize you. Don't let fear cause you to slip into depression. Don't let the enemy steal your faith and cause you to lose your trust in God. Do everything you can. Do all that you can do. And then pray to the sovereign Lord your God. And believe him for victory. Part of getting ready for victory is to know that there will be a battle. 
The horse is made ready for battle, and there is going to be a battle. I'm not going to be a lazy soldier and just say, well, I know the, the battle is yours. Let me tell you something. We can try to rationalize it, and we can try to kind of take a moderate seat to all the stuff that's going on, and we can, we can say, Lord, I'm going to trust you for everything and not be prepared. And there are times whenever we need to trust Him because we've done everything that we can do as the children of Israel were against the Red Sea and they had the Egyptian army closing in on them. Moses declared what the Lord was telling him, stand still and you will see the salvation that the Lord will bring today. Stand still and you will see. He didn't tell them to do something else. He told them to be still. But the time for them to be still was not way, way back someplace when they were captive in Egypt. Oh, just be still and the Lord will make a pathway. Now, He has the ability to do that. But He gave them specific instructions to follow. And when their back was against the wall, there was absolutely nothing that they could do. And they saw the hand of God come down and open up the Red Sea. God did the impossible when the impossible was needed. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10. says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Church, you will never be strong spiritually unless you are strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. How do you, re how do you realize His mighty power? You get down on your knees. If it's, if it's not possible for you to physically get down on your knees, just get the, the, bow down on the knees in your heart and your spirit and just say, Lord, I bow down to You. I worship You. It's in that prayer place. It's just like the, the those that were gathered in Acts chapter 1. They were gathered there seeking the Lord, waiting on the Lord for something to happen. And they had the power of the Lord that came down upon them. Get to that place in your prayer. Don't be content with just saying a prayer or going through a formula. Be content. Be more content to just linger and wait for the Lord. Well, I don't know what to say. Who says you have to say? You can say everything that you can think of and think you're done praying, but he may not be he may not be done revealing to you what you need to know. He may bring something else to you. There's a time of waiting. Waiting is so uncomfortable for most people because we love it so much, right? No, I don't want 10-minute popcorn when I can have 2-minute popcorn. Amen. You know? But God doesn't necessarily get in a hurry. And He wants to see really what we're willing to do. Are you willing to follow the instructions in the Word of God? Are you willing to live that way? We go into our prayer closet and we say, our prayer space, and we say, Jesus, distraction-free. It's important for it to be distraction-free. If you're obsessed with distractions, find a way to become distraction-free for that season of time. I've never gone without my phone longer than five minutes. I don't know how I can do that. I'm in my prayer time, but well, I get a text message, it's all, it will still be there when you're done. If you were driving someplace, you wouldn't expect to reach over, and I hope not, you, would, you wouldn't reach over, and although there are people that do, I've seen them. 
Um, if you're driving 30 minutes, you shouldn't be looking at your phone during that drive. It's really okay. It's okay. Be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Verse 11 says, put on the full armor, all of it, of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. How many know the devil has schemes? He's going to come at you with everything that he has. Take your stand against the devil's schemes for our, our schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. How many know that we have spiritual forces that we deal with that are trying to oppress us. And because of all this, he says, verse 13, Therefore, put on the full armor of God. There it is again. The full armor of God, so that when evil comes, not if, but when evil comes, evil is going to come your way. You can mark it down. It will happen, especially if you purpose to serve the Lord. When evil comes the day of, you may be able to stand your ground. How many know that standing your ground only occurs when you put on the full armor of God? In other words, you've done everything that you know to do and you stand firm knowing that I am ready for anything that the enemy is coming against me. And this is why. He said, he said having done everything to stand... Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Jesus is the truth and the life. He's the one that is central to us. We've got Him right around us. Uh, buckled around your waist. The, the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness is right standing with God. The breastplate covers the whole of the, the, the main part of, of us where all the vitals are located. The right standing with God. The breastplate that fits right here says that you can't attack my heart. You can't attack my vitals because I belong to the Lord. I, I have right standing with God through Jesus Christ. And your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace knowing that peace is your foundation and your feet are ready you have a foundation of peace not a foundation of worry not a foundation of oppression not a foundation of anything else because you stand upon the prince of peace and the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace in addition to this take up the shield of faith my faith in Jesus Christ is so strong that I know that I can get to the Father only through Jesus Christ. And Jesus is my shield. I'm taking up my shield because with, with which you can extinguish some of the fiery arrows of the evil one. No, it says all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. How many know that the flaming arrows are going to come? Those things that will not just pierce, but they will destroy, they will burn up everything that they come in contact with. And because we've got the shield raised up, what it says is that shield of faith that we have, our faith which is central to our relationship with Jesus Christ, our faith in Jesus is so strong that devil, all you're going to hit is my shield, Jesus, and it's not going to do a thing because He is greater than anything that you can toss my way. Take the helmet of salvation 
helmet of salvation, who I am. Remind yourself of who you are in Jesus Christ. That helmet of salvation that covers your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, your intellect, all of those things. The helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I'm going to raise my shield of faith. And, and devil, when you're not attacking, and when you have stopped that, when that, the shield has stopped those arrows and you realize that you can't penetrate, then I'm going to go on the offensive and I'm going to slice you with the Word of God. Lord, devil, this is what the Word says. Don't be shocked or ashamed to call the devil out. You can call him out. You can rebuke him in the name of Jesus. The most powerful prayer you will pray is the word of God. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Folks, getting ready for victory takes work. The question is, do you want victory or do you want defeat? No preparation means no victory. Again, Proverbs 21, 31, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. Are you ready for victory in your life? I want to close with a few passages and verses that kind of tie this together. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse number 1, says this, When you go to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army greater than yours, do not be afraid of them. Because the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt will be with you. When you are about to go into battle, the priest shall come forward and address the army. He shall say, Hear Israel, today you are going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not panic or be terrified by them. Verse 4, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies and give you victory. The Lord will go with you to fight the enemies that come against you. Psalm 20, verse number 1. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the, of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. May we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests. Now, now I know now this I know, the Lord gives victory to His anointed. I want you to take that and run with it, church. You are anointed of the Lord if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. His anointing comes down upon you and you are saved by the blood, by the power of Jesus Christ. You are His anointed. He answers him from his heavenly sanctuary with victorious power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. Revelation chapter 21, verse number 1. This is what... 
is what John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God as prepared, uh, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of water of life. For the, from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this and I will be their God and they will be my children all of what we just read about those who are victorious we have something to look forward to beyond this life and Jesus said this in Luke chapter eight, uh, 10 verse number 18 he said he replied I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven I have given you authority. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. While you're here on earth, remember this. You have authority over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The first and primary thing is your salvation and your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the first and foremost important thing. And then after you rejoice that your name is written in heaven, then you know that you have in that relationship the authority to deal with anything that the enemy brings your way. Psalm 47 and 1 says, Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with the cries of joy. In Proverbs 21, 31, our text, The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. Are you ready for victory, church? Are you ready for victory? Maybe you've been pushed down. You felt defeated. There's no reason for that. When you are a child of God, you have to remember who you are in Jesus Christ and who the enemy of your soul is because He is greater and He's given us the authority. We have so much to live for, so much to look forward to. But right now, we need to live in victory. Get ready because victory is coming to your life when you take this word and you apply it there. Father, I thank you for your words today. I thank you for this powerful word that you have sown into our hearts and lives. And I ask, Lord, that you would just allow us to just allow your Holy Spirit to do what work that you want us to do. Lord, move powerfully in our hearts and in our lives because we know that victory is coming and victory is here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
First and foremost, God, we declare victory over sin. Our relationship with Jesus Christ is more important than anything else. And we thank you, God, because you've given us victory over sin. You've given us victory over sickness. You've given us victory over disease. You've given us victory over oppression. You've given us victory over struggles that are emotional. You've given us victory over all of these things. We're not going to throw our hands up, but we're going to do everything that we know to do, putting on the full armor of God, ready to face the enemy, knowing that you're there with us. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.